Hello and welcome to the Enjoy Church podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope this message empowers, equips, and helps you become everything God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. This message, it's really uh, personal to me. Just want to let you know, I just want to be a little bit open, a little bit vulnerable. You know, it's really flowing, I guess, out of the experience that I had at Enjoy Summer just a couple of weeks ago, particularly the Friday night session with Dr. Frank DiMazio. And, uh, and so I remember I was sitting there on the front row just down here, uh, right next to all of our distinguished guests and uh, international speakers. And uh, Dr. Frank was probably halfway through the message. And, uh, and I just remember uh, falling out of my seat uh, onto my face on the floor uh, right down here. Now, you need to know just some context here that that point in the service, that point in the message was not conventionally a point which we would understand like that is a time and a moment to fall down in church, right? You know, sometimes when we're getting prayed for and we've got hands laid on us, it's like, woo, and we go, we go down or, you know, it's beautiful worship music or, you know, someone's praying or what. But no, this was just in the middle of the preaching and, you know, Dr. Frank, he was, his manner was very gentle. He was just sharing testimonies and stories of all the good things that God had done. But as he was speaking, there was just something that was just so beautiful. There was an anointing on his words that just connected me right there in that moment to heaven. And so I fall on the ground in this like sobbing, heaving mess. And uh, I gotta tell you, like, uh, it took a while to get back up. You know, when God, when God touches you, when, when His glory and His presence comes upon you, you know, it's, it's really hard on your physical body. <laughs> when your physical body touches something which is di- divine, something which is heavenly, it can take a little bit of a toll. So I was down there on the ground all through the rest of the preaching. There was an altar call that happened and so people awkwardly walked out and tried not to like step on top of me. Yeah. And, uh, and then the service closed, uh, and then they made an announcement to close the auditorium, and I'm still like on the ground crying. Eventually, I come to, and, uh, and I'm like, I try to get up, I try to stand up, and as I stood up, I almost fell back over again, and uh, lucky Pastor Bundit from Phnom Penh was, was here, because I think he's got experience in this whole area of the supernatural, so he could sort of read it, and he caught me just in time. It was awesome. Uh, I remember Rowena, she got me this uh, slice from supper and she's like, you need to eat this. And I'm like just shaking and I'm like trying to like put it in my mouth and I'm smearing it all over my face and it's like crumbling all over the ground and I eventually got some in me and I'm like, okay, now I've got a little bit of sugar in me. I can begin to function again as a human being in the natural. You know, it felt like uh, it was Enjoy Summit, right? So it felt like I had literally in the physical, just run up to the top of Mount Everest and back down again without any sort of physical training or preparation. Like that was the degree, that was the toll it took on my natural body. I couldn't walk for the rest of the night properly. I'm stumbling, it was crazy. But you know what What God did on the inside? (laughs) How his presence, how his voice ministered to me and spoke to me and filled me up and refreshed me 
and deposited me something which has just been brewing and just longing and desiring to just burst out. And really, this message is just a part of that manifesting. It's just like, it's just gotta come out of me. So I'm sorry, this is like therapy for me. I'm just like letting, it's like letting it out. I remember going into the, to the, uh, the guest area um, the next day. Already, there was this, it was like less than like 12 hours. Already, there was this rumor circulating. Oh, did you hear Goiny? He saw, he saw an angel. And so like I had all these people coming up to me. Is it true? Did you see an angel? And I just want to set the record straight. If you heard that rumor, if you thought that's what happened, just wanted to set straight. I didn't see an angel but I see dead people. <laughs> Put your hand up if you're alive here today. See what I mean? <laughs> I think about 50% of the, the room put their hand up to say, yes, I'm alive. So case in point, I'm seeing dead people, but I actually believe like by the, by the end of this message today, there's not gonna be one dead person left in the house. You know, Dr. Frank, he was talking about revival and, uh, and, and that's what's been stirring in me. It's what's been stirring in our location. In this year of legacy, 2023, God spoke to me on New Year's Day, the words reward and fruitfulness. And I, and I just really believe that in this year of legacy, that is going to be our experience. You know, it's been my experience. It's been the experience of our location this year. But you know what? If you want that, you can claim that for yourself as well. Reward and experience. So I wanted to join it all together and speak to you today from this thought of the revival reward. The revival reward. Who knows that there is great reward in revival? Praise God. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I thought I'd start with a really edifying and beautiful passage of scripture. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. This is awesome. The, the, the thing that was really happening when I was on the floor on my face in the presence of God was that God was like untangling and unraveling in me the, the true desires of my heart. It was there in that moment where I realized and recognized for a long time what I have been hoping for. And it's like, I want to say this right now it's not a building. If you know anything about our journey in Ballarat, you would know that we are believing for a new building. Why? Because the foyers on Sunday is just like, that's the only way you can get around. You have to line up for 20 minutes just to go to the toilet. Like, it's nuts. But you know what? I, and I, and I've, I've just discovered and realized recently, I've been using language like, our building is a lid on growth. And so it's like, I'm really just doubling down and saying, God, this has to happen or, but who knows in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27, when Solomon is dedicating the temple, he prays this epic prayer and he goes, behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, let alone this temple that I have built. And so it's like, why, why am I getting all this like hope wrapped up in this little thing called a building when God doesn't need a building to do what God is gonna do. If you're watching this, Pastor Shane or the board, we would still really like to be able to get a building like it'd be really cool. I just wanna let you know I'm not putting my hope in that thing. Praise the Lord. 
And then I, I, as, as it was still unraveling on the, on the front down here, I was like, like God, I, I just realized I'm not even hoping that Ballarat would be one. And you're like, are you serious? That sounds very, that's a, that's very scandalous thought as a location pastor. But like, yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. But it's like, it's a hope beyond my immediate hope. You see, there was, there was a, there was a hope in me which had been deferred for a long time, something which I'd been believing for and longing for, a deep desire for. And it's like God put his finger on it and he called it out. He's like, you know what you're hoping for? You're hoping for revival. And I'm like, yes, Lord, yes. And he begins to show me and and give me an image of what this looks like because this too might shock you. It, it didn't look like people flowing through the doors and flocking to this place and, and uh, falling down and giving their lives to Jesus Christ and seeing miracles happen and the manifest presence of God. It didn't look anything like that at all. Because that's not really even what I've been believing for. What I've been believing for is the revival that would happen in my heart, the revival that would happen in all of the hearts of everyone, my brothers and sisters in Christ here today. You know what? God wants to do a work, a revival in our hearts. We gotta, we gotta get this. Like it, we, we can't be Christians that say, you know what? We will get excited when we see those floods of people come in. You know, when those floods come in, that's a sign that God is doing something. That's a sign of revival. And so I'm gonna get excited. No, 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 no. If we wanna see, it's like a catch 22. If we actually wanna see that happen, we gotta first get the excitement going on on the inside. We wanna see corporate revival. We gotta have revival on the inside. We, we gotta have this, this rise up in our hearts, a hunger, a desire, a deep passion, humility, obedience, mercy. Like if we can let these attributes and these characteristics lay hold of our heart and have their way in us and through us, that's when we're gonna experience personal revival and I believe that's gonna flow into corporate revival. Amen. Amen. You can get excited in the house. I give you permission to get excited. It's fine. That's what this whole message is about. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're so blessed at Enjoy because we've got so many people that are, that are swimming in the possibilities and potential of, that God has got for their life. But I, I wanna rephrase that and say, yeah, we've we got people swimming in the impossibilities. <laughs> Who knows that when God takes us and uses us for his plans and his purpose, all of a sudden that which is impossible becomes possible. It's so cool. And so, so we got so many, but I know that it's God's heart, it's God's desire, and it's my heart and my desire that it wouldn't just be a few or it wouldn't just be the majority, but that each and every one of us, every person in this room now would come alive in that way. You know, don't, like, don't be like the person that's at the beach, conscious of what you look like in your swimming costume. It's like across the fast over the last month and, you know, having uh, gastro, praise the Lord, and I've lost a lot of weight. And so I'm feeling a lot more confident in my board shorts, praise the Lord. But you know what? I've never let that stop me from enjoying the wonders of the ocean. You know, it's like you gotta jump in. You gotta begin to swim in the impossibilities that God has got for your life. It's like you look good in your bathers. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the calling. 
the plan, how God wants to clothe you, what he wants to put on you, that mantle that he wants to put on you even right now. You're like, God doesn't want to use me. 100% he does. And he wants to clothe you with this incredible anointing and this great mantle. And you look incredible in it, in Jesus' name. So jump in. Jump in. Don't just, don't just put your toes in or ankles or knees, but like be completely submerged. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first. But I tell you what, as you do it, you're going to see God do great things in you and through you. Amen. Amen. So this, this is what we're believing for, that our entire church all across Enjoy Church at every location, that every heart would begin to go on fire, that hunger, the passion, the desire to see the things of God manifest in their lives. That, but that hope in me had, had been deferred. And so my heart along the way had unknowingly become sick. It had become cynical. My heart had become judgmental. John chapter one, reading from verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I think it's been spoken over the west of Melbourne before. Can anything good come out of the western suburbs of Sunshine? Can you imagine a more like cynical response to the like the greatest news ever. It's like everything that our scriptures have been talking about, we found that guy. We found the dude. It should be the best news ever. But Nathaniel, he gives this, this cynical response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You see, this can be our mindset on our journey of faith. You know what? I, I've seen it all before. You know, I've done church for long enough to know like you serve and you do your thing and, you know, some good things happen, but then it all just fizzes out and your cycle just keeps repeating over and over again. That's churches and then keeps spiraling downward the slippery slope to a place of, you know what all church ever wants is your time, your money. It's like the, the, the heart gradually becomes hardened to be gradually become sicker and more cynical because we went into it with expectation. We got saved and we're like, God's gonna do something awesome. He's gonna bring about revival, cut it. And then the hard yakka starts. And that, that season starts of like, and you begin to get disillusioned and the hope is deferred. And so this is where, this is where Nathaniel is at right now. It's like, He's fallen into the trap of thinking that everything conforms to the patterns that he's already experienced in life. All I know about Nazareth is that nothing good comes out of that place. <clears throat> Please forgive me, I'm recovering from the flu. Praise the Lord. I'll try and use my husky voice. <clears throat> Hoo-ha! Um, it's unclear why Nazareth had such a bad rap. Like back in the day, like, what's so bad about Nazareth? Come on. It's like, cool. It's like, 
We, we know that the region of Galilee, of which Nazareth was a part, that all of the people that, in, that were in Judea, they looked down upon the Galileans. They're like, you know what? They speak so roughly. Their dialect is so rude. And it's like they're, they're in amongst the heathens. And, you know, so these Galileans, they're all just yobbos. You know, they're all just fishermen. They're just all riffraff. The Judeans used to look down upon them. But here we go, we got Nathaniel, who's a Galilean himself, looking down upon Nazareth. So we know Nazareth must have been pretty bad. It's like, it's, if he's paying out on Nazareth, it must have been really bad. And this is where my heart had drifted to. That, that this rhetorical question became that hardened response. Can anything good come out of? That rhetorical question became that hardened response to the point where I'm like watching the revival unfold in Asbury and all that is going through my head is like, well, let's just see what fruit comes of that. It's so easy as Christians for our heart to get to that place of cynicism and and hardness. Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Who knows that we all need a Philip in our life? So I praise God for the Philips, the people that can actually look past the hardness of our hearts and just uh, very politely ignore the stuff that comes out of our mouth. And despite all that, just say, come and see. Who knows we all need a Philip in our life? Are there any Philips here? Give us a wave. Very disappointing, I wanna see some Phillips. In the first service, about 50 people put up their hands. I'm like, that's cool. But it was like Dr. Dr. Frank, as he was talking, his whole message to me was just come and see. Come and see. He he starts talking about Asprey. He's talking about all these different revivals. It's like he was saying, come and see. Come and see. And so I'm like, Yeah, well, my heart's hard, but I'm gonna go and see. I'm gonna go and see. And praise God, I went to see. Praise God, I went to see. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. I love this because Jesus is calling out his fundamental identity and his desire. He's not saying, behold, here comes a fisherman. Behold, here comes a woodworker or whatever whatever trade Nathaniel had. We don't know. But Jesus speaks to the true nature of his identity and the desire of his heart. Nathaniel's genuine desire to be part of bigger, something bigger than himself. You see, we get a glimpse here why Nathaniel's heart had become so sick with cynicism because he was disappointed, he was disillusioned, his, his hope for Israel had been deferred. He, he believed for a, a glorious kingdom of Israel, just like the old days. But no, Israel in Palestine at that day, it wasn't a nation state, it didn't have its own identity. It was subjugated by the Roman Empire, it was oppressed by all the peoples around. Jesus 
speaks to him and says, an Israelite, you know how counterintuitive it is to say that of someone in that day? But it's because Jesus could see that was actually the desire of his heart. This is cool. God can see the desire of our hearts. He's speaking to the desire of our hearts now. Jesus pulls back all the layers and puts his finger on it. His hope, which had been deferred for so long. I love this scripture. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. (laughs) This is awesome. You want to see God? This word pure, it means genuine. It means authentic. It means in which there is no deceit. You know, when, when Nathaniel had this great desire and this great longing and this great hope, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't fake. It, it wasn't just something to be part of the boys. It was something that was a genuine desire, a pure desire. And Jesus, he spoke to it. He spoke to it. You know, our heart can be hurting. It can be sick. It can be hardened. But if we genuinely have a heart for what God wants, we will see God. We will see God. And I believe that if you are sitting here today, you haven't just come to another church meeting to hear some guy talk about the Bible, but you are actually going to see God. God's going to begin to put his finger on your heart and the, the, the desires and that longing and that hope that is inside of you. Verse 48, Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. You see, Nathaniel's a bit sus, yeah. He's probably thinking, yeah, probably Philip's worded you up. He's probably told you like how, how I love the, the nation of Israel and all these things. And so that's probably how this guy like really knows me. But then I love how Jesus labors past again. Just like Philip did, Jesus labors past the hardness of his heart, past the cynicism. And what does he do? He shares a simple sign. Everyone say simple. Why do we overcomplicate things so much in Christianity? A simple sign. Before Philip called you under the fig tree, I saw you. He didn't call down thunder and lightning or fire from heaven to show his dominion and authority over the natural world. He didn't perform a crazy miracle. He didn't pull flowers out of his sleeve or handkerchiefs for days. It was a simple sign. And the the problem is when we get a hard heart, when we get a cynical heart, it it feels like the stakes keep going up and up and up. God, you're going to have to show me something crazy. God, you're going to have to show me something big. If I'm ever going to get back on this, if I'm ever going to get back into ministry, if I'm ever going to come back to church, if I'm ever going to, you're going to have to. And we have this unrealistic expectation, an unbiblical expectation that God's going to do a crazy sign. He's not going to do it. But what he is going to do is give you a simple sign. A simple sign, a simple word. A word that describes where you are at, where no one else knows where you're at. God's gonna say, this is where you're at. He's gonna speak to you where you're at, just like he spoke to me on the floor down here. And he's like, 
This is where you are at. You need to face where you are at. And I love this. It's so incredible because revival in our hearts, revival in our locations, revival in our cities, it's gonna start not with something crazy happening, but with a simple sign in each and every individual's life. Simple word. Don't look for the signs and wonders to think, well, that's when revival is happening. God is speaking now. And he wants to unlock it in you today. Verse 49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. This verse is such a beautiful picture of revival happening in Nathanael's heart. Everything that he is believing for, everything that he has been hoping for, it's come alive. It's come alive. He's been believing for the king of Israel. Here he is, Jesus. And here he is like celebrating him in a moment. In a moment, all the hardness. In a moment, all the cynicism. In, all the, in a moment, all the sickness fell away from his heart and Nathaniel experienced revival. It is awesome. He encountered God. He saw God. It was the fulfillment of his hope. A king for this hurt and broken and despised and ridiculed nation of Israel. But this message is, is not about revival, it's about the revival reward. And so we need to keep reading. Verse 50, as the worship team come, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. You will see greater things than these. Everyone say greater. You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly. You gotta love it when the creator of the universe uses the language, most assuredly. It's like guaranteed. Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. Come on, is there anybody here today and you are believing to see heaven open over your life, heaven open over your family's life, heaven open over this location, over our church, over our city? Do you, do you wanna see heaven open? This can be the reward that you walk in in 2023 if you would just first say, God, revive in me my heart for you. Break my heart, Lord God, for that what breaks yours. See, say to you hereafter, you see, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. See what happens when the desire comes. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. All of a sudden, that desire has come for Nathaniel. And now it is not just for him, but it is turning into a tree of life in him. The revival reward. He's experienced that personal revival. And the reward of that is this tree of life, which is beginning to grow inside of him. And it's gonna begin to bear fruit, not just in his life, but in the generations and nations all around. This is the revival reward, people. The tree of life is this, this sense and this idea of greater things and heaven open over our life. 
but we gotta experience the personal revival first. We need to open ourselves up to Jesus Christ, just like Nathaniel did. Despite the hardness of his heart, despite the hardness of our hearts here today, we need to be prepared for God to work in our hearts and cut out the cynicism. It's going to start just with a simple sign, a simple word. All over this place, why don't we stand to our feet?